Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Cavaliers, Ben Jones. How you doing, buddy? Morning. Yes, very well. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you. All good. Um, this will be your favourite episode we've recorded, and do you know why? Uh, is it episode 69? <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. Uh, the fact that you knew that I was going to say that is not good because our friendship is uh, very immature, <laughs> which I like. It's good. Uh, but how are you doing? Lots of basketball. Obviously, I know you're uh, been back to work this week. You managed to uh, keep up with it? Yeah, it, in um, spits and spurts, but definitely keeping on top of it. There's is, is a lot going on, and uh, the action area around that playing tournament is very tasty. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on that kind of couple of teams. Yeah, it definitely uh, makes the end of this season a bit more interesting than uh, past seasons, I think. Uh, a bit of breaking news to the podcast as well. Me and Ben actually saw each other for the second time in a year uh, dun, dun, dun. yesterday. So we have already spoken about all this stuff. So sorry if we repeat ourselves from last night, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but playing tournament was the talk of last night, wasn't it? We both think it's... I think we both thought it was a good idea prior to the season, but as we roll on now, uh, we're starting to like it even more, aren't we? I think the the fact the end of the season isn't just four teams fighting for position and another like eight people tanking. I think it just improved the whole season for me. Uh, I've really enjoyed the end of the season. Yeah, I think you've got to have something else. Like it, if if your league is ring fence, like the NBA is, where you don't have a relegation kind of threat at the bottom of the table, um, then it's nice to have something else for people to kind of to work for and play for. Obviously, you've got you've still got those teams that want that higher draft pick, but now the way they work out the percentages, it's not necessarily guaranteed. Teams are kind of more likely to think, well, we could still get a decent draft pick and make a push for the playoffs. It's a win-win, really. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and obviously, I watched the Wizards' Mavs from from last night, and the Wizards are a prime example, a team that I think since February or March, one of the two, they're top in the NBA for wins, um, just because they've absolutely had a tear uh, at the moment. Uh, but without that extra position, they'd have been 10th, probably still not much of a chance to get in the playoffs, and it kind of would have not really rewarded all that work. I yeah. know there's the other side that they were awful at the start, so they shouldn't be rewarded. But I just think it adds an extra kind of, like you said, an extra thing for fans to focus on, whether it's your team, because you give a bit more positivity throughout the whole season, or if you're just like a, a neutral fan that likes to watch games. Uh, and I do think when the season is normal length in terms of the amount of months, I think people will stop hating how many games there are coming up to the end of the year, because it'll be a bit more spread out. Um, and then we'll have fans in the, in the stands as well for in terms of full capacity. So I think fan attendance will go up because there'll be more games that people actually care about rather than teams just tanking. So I think it's a yeah. win-win financially as well. Yeah, definitely. You've got to keep, especially after the two years that we've had, you've got to get the fans going through the turnstiles and, and get the money up, especially for like you know the slightly smaller franchises if, if they're on the cusp of making playoffs, especially if it's a team that hasn't done it for a long time, you are going to be turning up to watch their last six, seven, eight games to make sure, make sure you're showing your support and they're getting that playoff berth. Yeah, completely agree. We are fans in the playing tournament two weeks as well to it starts, so it's going to be a good one. Uh, plans to the pod again today. Uh, just our normal review episode, really, so we're going to go through our winners and losers, uh, talk about the best upcoming games for this week, and then maybe talk about a little bit more stuff at the end, depending on, on how the time looks. Uh, and also kind of plan for the playoffs. We're going to do a, a playoff prediction podcast before the play-in games start. 
uh, with our prediction on who wins those playing games. And then if the teams don't win, <laughs> we'll do a quick little uh, mini pod just to predict the series for the for the other teams that then come in. So that'll be here in probably two weeks. And then after that, we'll review every series as they go, probably twice a week we think we're going to record. Yeah, give uh, it a go. And just see how it goes. Uh, there'll be loads of big games to talk about when playoff time comes. So always our uh, most entertaining part of the season. But let's move on to, to now then. So winners and losers, as always, start on a positive note. Uh, and I want you to start, mate, because you're uh, you're the guest as always. So, Cavalier oh. fan, start. And here we go. Um, let's start with a returning old faithful team. Been struggling a lot lately, but they've strung together a three-game winning streak, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. Um, <clears throat> we were talking again off air last night um, about Portland, and it's incredible that they have managed to string this three-game winning streak together, especially with some of the teams that they've beaten, um, in- including the Nets, uh, Indiana, who's you know no slouch, and the Grizzlies, who have been playing really, really well lately. But I don't think they're ready for a playoff push i think the roster is great i think they've got the firepower they've got the players but uh, the more and more this season goes on the more and more i believe they need a coaching change Uh, they need a yeah they, they they need to change something in that office to i think get the best out of this roster because it is an incredibly talented team um, and I'd like to see them just switch up a little bit just so we can see Dame and CJ and all that lot really, really make a huge push one season um, before they kind of have to trade one of them or cut one of them or, or whatever it may be. But uh, on a positive note, three-game winning streak over some incredibly tough opponents. Dame shooting so much better, um, and they've almost got a full healthy roster going into the playoffs so Portland Trailblazers yeah winner of the week but uh, also getting a lot of negative feedback there from Ben so I like the <laughs> I like the mixing it up there praise you insult you but I enjoy it <laughs> uh, I agree they weren't on my list we did think we were gonna have some uh, some matchups today but they weren't on my list but I agree three wins in a row is impressive any team that beats the Nets for me obviously really really good win uh, Pacers good on D and the Blazers again kind of blitz them offensively so I think that's positive, uh, but I do agree long-term it's probably not the right coach. Um, they've kind of traded a lot of their picks now as well for for like Covington and people like that. So I think mm-hmm. in terms of actually improving the roster outside the draft, there's not loads they can do. Uh, so you're going to be kind of just rinse and repeat as it's been for the last three years. So I think a he- head coaching change and a different philosophy, maybe a different system, especially defensively, could actually help them long-term. But I agree at the moment, after probably a real, real up a down month for them, uh, I think they lost four games by something like five points at one point yeah. uh, in April, which is just ter- like not luck because they did lose, but terrible kind of outcomes. Doesn't happen very often in the NBA, so it's nice to see them kind of coming back. Uh, as a Mavs fan, they could just slow down with their wins. That'd be great, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, cool. That leads me on to my first winner. Then another Western Conference team. I went with the Nuggets. Uh, five wins in a row. Jamal Murray, obviously, sadly, going to miss the rest of the season, most of the next season, but they've just really bounced back nice. I think they lost two of their first three games after he went out, but since then, they've just been on an absolute tear. Uh, I think five wins in a row is the, the biggest streak as well in the NBA, so really on form. Four of those wins coming since we last recorded, so 
couldn't really miss them off this list, to be honest. Um, Jokic locked in for the MVP, absolutely for sure. Uh, and they're third now in the West Bend, so we thought they might end up dropping to fifth, to be honest, and they're up there in third. Maybe probably too far behind, to be honest, the other teams with this amount of games left, and they're two and a half games back behind the Suns and the Jazz. So, yeah, a little bit further behind, but I think they'll be happy with a third-place finish for sure. Absolutely, yeah, especially with the injuries that they have, not just Murray, but they've got a couple of other players out at the moment, um, like Will Barton and Monte Morris and stuff, have been struggling with hamstring injuries and things. Um, but Jokic... And in particular, like Michael Porter Jr. has been scoring for fun. Um, Aaron Gordon's been doing his part since he joined. Obviously, that's been a huge addition for them. Really, really good pickup. Um, and then the guards coming in, kind of taking up Jamal Murray's minutes. Um, Compazzo's been fantastic. Just, just doing what they need to do. Uh, I, I honestly thought they were going to drop massively when Murray went down because Jokic is a pass first big um, and I felt like in the past he has struggled to have that scoring mentality to sort of carry his team through but he seems to have found that kind of fire to keep him going and keep him scoring throughout a game now as well as still getting his assists that he wants to get and his rebounds so it's really really good to see he's so talented it's just ridiculous um, yeah the the teams they played there's been some again nice wins in there Houston, they obviously expect to win over uh, mm-hmm. Memphis. Again, as as mentioned, you cannot count them out. They are an energetic and just crazy athletic team that you can't let in the door. Um, the Pelicans and then Toronto and then their latest one, the Clippers. Jokic yeah. basically just bullied, um, bullied their bigs, essentially. And they, they could not stop him inside. Which oh, was that was last night, I think, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, um, which I think is, and they had Kawhi Leonard back, so they they were almost getting back to full strength themselves. And that I know we're not talking about the Clippers, but that is something they have always struggled with since getting this team together, and seem to continue to struggle with. But um, the Nuggets looking really, really good. I I do hope they can kind of continue into the postseason, but. Playoffs is a different beast, so we will see. We will see, for sure. Um, and for anyone as well who wants to go back and listen to our, our last podcast with Joe Holbert, where we spoke about All-NBA, uh, he spoke really glowingly about Jokic and all the great things that he's done this year. So that's a really cool uh, cool segment to the to the podcast. So go back and listen to the last episode, because uh, Jokic gets a lot applauded, which is uh, good to see. Uh, before we move on, just a quick question then. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a Mavs fan. Who would you rather play in the playoffs if you were me, uh, Nuggets or Clippers? Because that, that looks like that could be could be the team. That is a tough call. Obviously, assuming Porzingis is back to full fitness in your playoff run, I uh, I would quite like that Clippers matchup. Like Rematch. last season, yeah. <laughs> you add them on the ropes, but then Porzingis goes down, um, and it just changes the kind of dynamic because there's no one on that Clippers team that can stop Porzingis um, and they can slow Doncic down but they're not going to stop him completely so maybe Clippers then for defensive yeah. reasons yeah whereas I feel like Denver's a harder matchup for that Porzingis-Jokic matchup is going to be like something I'd love to see 
and I, I feel like Denver have got the bodies to kind of keep throwing at Luca as well as the like the Clippers can do that as well. Mm. So I think Denver might make it slightly tougher defensively. So uh, nice. yeah, I, if I was you, I'd want to play the Clippers. I think. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Jokic would uh, absolutely kill Porzingis on the defensive end. <laughs> to be honest. Um, Cool. Let's move on then to your next winner. Nice. Uh, I did have the Nuggets on my list, just as a a little heads up. But my next team seemed to have gone West heavy on my winners and East heavy on my losers. (laughs) A little bit of sizzle there for you. Um, But they've got to be talked about. This incredible Phoenix Suns team. Uh, Three wins on the bounce now. Looking... Really, really good. The Knicks, they've beaten. Uh, the Clippers, they've beaten. And the Jazz. Three strong, strong wins. Uh, obviously, the addition of Chris Port is really turned the tide for this team. Um, they're second in their net rating at the moment, second in the league. They're fighting with the Jazz for that top seed in the, in the West. And they've just really like flicked a switch since Chris Paul's come in it seems they've he's just sort of sorted out their pace sorted out their their um space in and he's found the players when they need to and the players are doing what they need to they're knocking down shots when they get the ball they're they're playing so so well together and obviously with Chris Paul on your team in the clutch mm. they're almost unstoppable because Chris Paul is it just manipulates anything he wants it seems in the last sort of minute of a game um, and Booker is so dangerous yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Chris Ball starts getting or he should start getting a couple of MP, MVP votes but um, he obviously won't be anywhere near close to winning it but he should get a couple of mentions here and there because um, what he's been able to do coming into this team and, and helping them develop all this young talent they've got is just Superb. So, uh, yeah, Phoenix Suns winner of this week. Very good. Completely agree with that one. Uh, second in the West, like we said. Uh, and, and in terms of Chris Paul, the Chris Paul stuff you mentioned, I remember OKC were like third last in clutch scoring. Uh, and then they traded for him and they were first in clutch scoring. The Suns were fifth in clutch, fifth last in clutch scoring. Uh, now they're first in clutch scoring. <laughs> So I think there's a pattern there. Uh, whether it's Yeah, and you could watch fourth quarters and he doesn't score, which is fine, but he'll make the right play. He won't turn the ball over. He'll slow the game down. He'll make the right foul on the other end, et cetera, et cetera. So I just think absolute perfect addition for this team uh, and just shows that you can add a high contract vet if you've got the right kind of squad around them. It's these these kind of high-priced vets don't also have to just be bought out. I think you can kind of revive your career like, Chris Paul did an OKC and then has done again in Phoenix, so I completely agree. Um, I did have a question for you, though. Obviously, Suns second in the West at the moment. I think they're half a game back from the Jazz. Both teams have had an amazing season. Uh, I think the average position, when I looked on the, the rankings, people thought the Jazz would be about fourth and that the Suns would be about eighth. Uh, and obviously, they're first and second. But which one do you think holds on to the one seed, ultimately? Um Without looking at their schedules, obviously, that's a key yeah. factor. As you say, without looking at schedules, I I think the Jazz hold on to it. I think they're just too strong and too deep. Um, 
But saying that, I think they're also going to start resting more of their starting unit towards the end, whereas I feel like Phoenix probably won't. They might just keep pushing. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'll go with the Jazz, I think. What about you? Depends on Chris Paul for me, just because I think Phoenix have, uh, first time they made the playoffs in a long time, and I know the one seed's really good, but Chris Paul has that injury record, doesn't he? So I think just I wouldn't want to push his minutes uh, as the last kind of five games come up, because you know whoever you have in the first round in the playoffs is still going to be a hard matchup. So I think that I agree I'll go Jazz, because I think they could rest a starter or two or have a starter injured, for example, uh, and they've got a really good player coming in off the bench. I think the Suns is... A really good six-man rotation, but I don't think that eight through ten is quite uh, six, seven, seven through ten is quite as good as the Jazz. So yeah, I agree with you without looking at the schedules. But um, I just think the Jazz might hold on. But those two have been amazing stories for for the whole season. Uh, cool. My next winner then, stay in the West. Uh, do this one a bit quicker because I talk about my own team maybe too much. So I've gone with the Mavs. Uh, I think they got what joint second. Or, Longest run streak, uh, win streak in the NBA. Uh, like, yeah, three wins in a row at the moment. Seven, three in their last ten. Mm. Uh, after being, I think it was three and seven in the the ten before that. Um, so real, real good run at the moment. Obviously coming back off that Wizards win from from last night. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith hitting a a winner from the corner with nine seconds to go. We've had Luca with that crazy underhand shot to win a game late on. Um, he's done another one where. He's done a step back to tie a game late on for overtime. So just been a, a very, very good run. Sitting fifth now at the West, which maybe might lead us on to talk about something else later on. Um, but got themselves up to fifth. So at the moment, they would play fourth, but a lot of basketball to play. Uh, and we were saying last night, weren't we, that I think I told you a stat that the Mavs had the third easiest schedule left in the NBA. And then obviously when you went and looked at some of the games, you, you kind of said the same last night, didn't you, that the, yeah. the schedule should help them just finish nicely to the, the regular season. Yeah, I I think they're going to clinch that fifth spot. They they they're too far back from the Clippers to yeah pick sure fourth. Um, Lakers are still finding their feet after injuries and then people coming back and um, LeBron and AD trying to get their legs under them. Um, and they've got some tough matchups left. Whereas, like we said, the Mavericks have got some of those lower um, sort of seeded at the moment teams left on their on their run and. I think they should walk through most of them. Uh, the, the again, the difficulty of come over those last sort of five games when you're trying to limit minutes and rest people. That's when they might have a few surprise upsets, I guess. But um, I think by that point, the Lakers will probably be doing the same, and and the and the Blazers. So it probably won't make too much of a difference. Yeah, I think the Blazers will be the one that's the most likely of the three to go absolutely crazy in terms of minutes for the rest of the season. Uh, the Mavs can't do that just because of Porzingis. Uh, and the Lakers are too clever to do that, aren't they? They know exactly what team they are and how old some of their players are. So uh, I think that's going to be a, a key part of it. But yeah, Mavs playing really well. Got a shout-out to Tim Hardaway Jr. scoring 42 points the other night, uh, the night they decided to rest Luca against the Pistons. But it was a bit of a closer game than they all wanted. <laughs> and uh, Hardaway had to go off and score 42 for a win. So yeah, shout-out to him. And by the next time we record, Ben, I think we'll be recording either side of a doubleheader, Mavs v Cavs. So, oh, the big Mavs caps. Don't be uh don't be breaking my uh my playoff heart. We'll see. <laughs> uh cool. Last winner of the week then for you. Uh, uh it was the uh it was the Nuggets, so we okay. covered them. If you want to go cool. back to whoever you've got left or have we covered them all? 
No, I've got one I just wanted to shout out because we don't talk about them very much and we used to talk about them non-stop at the start of the season when they were losing. But I've gone with the Wizards. Uh, nice, yeah. Obviously tough after last night losing the game, but we can't kind of just be um, almost singular-minded and think about what the last result was because they were down 21 last night to the Mavs, by the way, and they went up 10. <laughs> that's, how, that's how kind of much they're fighting at the moment, the Wizards. They got back 10 ahead. Obviously, they did lose by, what, one, I think, in the end. Um, but overall, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, like I said earlier, I think it's from March that they are the, have the most wins in the NBA. Uh, they've gone from 14th in the East to 10th. I know 10th isn't amazing, but they're only two games back from 8th. Yep. Um, and for me, we'll talk about another team later on, but for me, they've absolutely solidified their position in 10th. Uh, and they're going to be in the play-in tournament as the 10th seed at the worst case. And after two months of the season, the way Westbrook was playing... Obviously, Beal was in and out with some injuries, and they were 14th. I, I was thinking they were more likely to have the worst record, uh, and they've just been absolutely incredible. Uh, Russell Westbrook, someone who not the biggest fan of on the pod, I would say, or maybe speaking for myself, but uh, this season's been unbelievable. His numbers have almost flipped. His efficiency has flipped. Um, getting people involved. The later the game goes, the better he gets, which is not the case in, in OKC. No. Uh, and he's just dominant, uh, to be honest. So... Yeah, eight and two in their last ten. I know they've lost one, but twenty nine and thirty five record. I think at one point they only had three wins. They were like three and fifteen. So <laughs> it's been a hell of a run for the Wizards. So I want to give them a, a quick shout out. Yeah, no, that's fair. They they've been playing really well. I just didn't want to talk about them because they beat the Cavs the other night. But um, <laughs> I love Bradley Beal, and I'm so glad that he's getting some success with that Wizards team because it's been a real slog for him the past couple of years. Um, I'm I'm in the same camp as you with Westbrook. Like I. I enjoy watching him play, but I wouldn't want him playing on my team. Um, I think he's very entertaining, but to this point in his career, all those triple-doubles have meant basically nothing because it's never really translated to actually winning, especially important games. Whereas now, it seems to be a positive contribution. that It is helping them get those wins. Mm-hmm. Um which I think they were kind of hoping when they traded for him on Houston with that small ball team that he would be kind of almost like the big getting the rebounds and then but be quick enough to push the tempo back up the other end and get some easy baskets. But never really worked out quite that way. But it seems to be with Washington. I think having someone like Beal alongside who is an incredible scorer but is also a very good passer and rebounder where he wants to be, It's they seem to really complement each other. So it's really, really nice. Um, on that basis, though, I do have two little honourable mentions. I won't go into them too much. But obviously, the Knicks, 9-1, and one, fourth place. Yeah, that's incredible. Story. We, yeah, we probably should talk about them a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a quick chat about them. The Knicks are just absolutely flying. Julius Randle has really, really obviously stepped up all season. He's been fantastic. But um, like Barrett and Quickly and... Everybody is just really bought into Tom Thibodeau's system. Um, their defense is upped by like 110%. Their um, debt rose off the bench is just an absolute, like, one of the best pickups of the season, I think, personally. Um, they're just playing such nice basketball. I don't know if you've been able to watch too much of it, but um, yeah, they're, they're really, really good. I think Randall is going to cause some issues for some teams come playoffs because he's kind of too big to be guarded by your small forward but too small to be guarded by like I said he's definitely a power forward but he moves too 
too nice but, to yeah. some of the power forwards in the league, that's for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, obviously, the next tip-off time, really good over here. So I've watched quite a lot of that game, especially with my uh, my, my history with Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have uh, I have caught a lot of their games. And at, at home, by the way, without even though there's been issues fan-wise in terms of numbers of fans and in the arenas, they're 22 and 11 at home, which is something like the fifth best home record in the league, West and East. So that's just obviously absolutely incredible. And the only team to beat them in that 10 stretch run that we're speaking about is the Suns. And that's a team that we've just praised as arguably the best team in the NBA. Uh, and I think the Knicks kind of only lost by five, I think, and they were, they were up 15 at one point. So I just think it's been a hell of a season. The defense looks great. They look like they're going to build around Randall. Um, the Randall contract, because it declines, is something like $26 million for next year as your star. So what an incredible piece of business that looks yeah. like now. Um, so, yeah, it's all smiles in New York. I know they're only, I think they're, what, one and a half games ahead of seventh. Uh, and we banged on about it a lot, haven't we? But you just want to finish in that six, especially if you're a team that doesn't make the playoffs very often. Um, you just want to be in that six so there's less chance of you getting knocked out with a one-game or two-game loss. Um, and the Knicks at the moment, home court advantage being in fourth. We're not sure if they'll hold on to that, the Hawks behind them, but I think they'll finish in the top six for me, which I think is really, really important for the franchise. Yeah, we were saying if it finished the way it is currently, it's kind of a dream scenario for the Knicks having the Hawks in the first round because yeah. that is could be a winnable series for them. You, you look at the other teams, even a couple below them, you think actually they're going to struggle there, even though they've been incredible this season over seven-game series. I don't know if they're quite ready. But the Hawks, I could see them upsetting them. Yeah, I agree. Um, Uh, And we said last night, didn't we, if they hold on to four instead of five, which is obviously is an ask, but uh, they get four games at MSG. So that's like all you could ask for, isn't it, if you're the Knicks team? Yeah, especially with that um, home court win win percentage that you've, you've just spoken about. That's what they'll be dreaming of, really, isn't it? It's definitely going to help them. Definitely, definitely. Cool. All right, let's move on then from uh, our winners list. Uh, also, actually, no, sorry, before we move on, uh, if it ends up being the Nets Wizards as well, it's going back to the Wizards, both of us agree, that could be just a f- super fun series. Yeah. First play in eighth, that kind of Harden and Durant versus Westbrook uh, storyline. Obviously, Beal trying to make a name for himself in the playoffs. It really interests me. I don't I don't think it'll last long, per Potentially, but I think the games that are played will be fiery. Yeah, high scoring as well, for sure. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, let's move on to, to losers then. I'll kick us off with this one just because it relates to a topic we were just talking about with uh, the Mavs and Blazers. Uh, so I put the Lakers as my loser. Uh, obviously got LeBron back, so arguably not a loser, but just in terms of performance. Uh, not playing the best at the moment. So three, they've kind of had a real good run after LeBron and AD went out. Uh, but the last 10, they're 3-7, and seven, seen them drop from third, all the way finally to sixth last night after that Mavs win. I think the uh, Blazers who play today um, are one game back from the Lakers, so they could also tie it up uh, in terms of the standings with them. I don't know who has a tiebreaker, but they could tie it up with them. And I think the worst-case scenario for the Lakers is seventh. Uh, I don't think they really care about being sixth, if I'm honest, in the end. But they don't want to be seventh. They don't want those extra games on, on on AD and LeBron's legs, in my opinion. So I just think, in terms of that, they've they've been losers. Uh, in terms of the actual results themselves, they they did obviously beat the Magic, but they did lose to the Wizards, uh, and they did lose to the Kings, and then they lost to the Mavs twice. So teams that they would expect to be beating, especially uh, <laughs> the Kings and Wizards. So 
I think that it's just been a uh, a bad week or two for the Lakers. Yeah, I, like I said, I think AD and LeBron are finding their kind of game legs again. Um, and I think they'll start getting a couple of wins back under their belts. I completely agree. They won't care where they finish as long as it's not in seventh or eighth. Having to play those play-in game like extra games, uh, everybody's trying to avoid them, obviously. So it's going to make it harder to avoid them. But there's a couple... I'm going to quick look at their schedule. They've got the Raptors next, which you'd hope they'd win. Nuggets, Clippers, Blazers, Suns. That's a horrible run. Um, that is a bad run, isn't it? I never, didn't realise their run was that bad. And then... The Knicks, Houston, then. Houston, <laughs> Pacers and Pelicans to clear, like round out the season. Um, so it's all yeah. about those four difficult games in the middle then, isn't it? Yeah, if they can go two and two, I think that'd be all right. Especially if one of those wins is over the Blazers, I think that'll be the nail in the coffin in terms of Blazers overtaking them. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think they'll probably win their last three games, like you said. So it's all about those games before. Um, We'll see. I think it'll be an interesting uh, finish. All I'll say is if they do finish in seventh and the Warriors get themselves up to eight, oh my God, Steph Curry versus LeBron in a, a one-off game. Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be... I know there's more to it than that. Obviously, Lakers team's way better roster-wise, but we know what Steph Curry's like. He could have two quarters where he doesn't let anyone else shoot at all. Uh, and if those threes goes in, then it's just going to be an offensive kind of masterclass for both teams, isn't it? Because I know the Lakers are going to score against the Warriors for sure. So that could be a, a fun scenario. Uh, but let's move off the Lakers and move on to your first loser. Um, let's talk about a team close to my heart. Those Cleveland Cavaliers. One and nine in the last ten. Six-game <laughs> losing streak. Kevin uh, Love not giving a SHIT. <laughs> he, yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the fence with Love. Uh, he's kind of like... He played really well last night. He got 25 points and six rebounds, I think. And there was a game the other day against the Magic where Cleveland looked awful through the first three quarter, well, first half, definitely. And then third started picking it up. And in the fourth, they brought it within. They, I think they, they tied the game up with about two minutes to go. Um, there's, there's a lot of talent on this team, but it's young. It's going to take time to develop. But the, the future's still bright. Um, I just I don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Love. I think I think he's really conflicted as well because I do I do think he genuinely really likes Cleveland, but it's just not where he wants to be in at this point in his career. And the, obviously the the huge contract that he's got doesn't help. It's whether he wants to kind of drop a bit of salary and be bought out and go somewhere else because obviously the trade market wasn't there for him this year, and I don't know if it will be next year. But um. He's shown since coming back from his most recent injury, he's durable again. He's hitting clutch shots. He's. Um, Have you seen the highlight though that went all over the internet about him? I assume. Yeah, the throwing the ball back in, back, he, he, back, back to the other team. Yeah, in a two possession game as well. Yeah, he, he got annoyed at the calls from the ref, um, and. He he like released an apology on Twitter or whatever, and, and JB Bickstaff talked about it in in an interview. He said we've we've talked about it, we've cleared it up. He's apologised to the team. Um, you know he's a savvy vet. He shouldn't be doing things like that. It's in such a close game, 
however annoyed you are at the ref's calls. Um, I, I would have appreciated maybe if he'd gone to like the presser afterwards and just said, look, yeah, this is what happened. I'm sorry about it. And put his hands, held his hands up and then kind of take, take an ownership over it. Um, they've also struggled with some injuries at the moment. They've got seven players on their injury list at the moment. Della Vidova, Darius Garland, who's obviously a huge part of this team. Uh, Nance Jr. has been out for a while and, and Torian Prince, like some guys that are contributing some big minutes, especially in Garland and, and Nance, a big part of this team, have not been around the past couple of games. So it's, it's clearly affected them. Um, it's not the end of the world. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the play-in tournament. But um, it's always difficult when the team that you support is on a losing streak like this. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Um, like I said, long-term, obviously, better chance of getting a better pick because the Magic have been terrible as well. So the Cavs have really had to kind of contend with another team down there losing, which doesn't help your odds. But, uh, yeah, short-term culture-wise, it's never nice to, to lose all these games. So tough times for Cavs fans. Tough times for Ben Jones. Uh, yes. <laughs> let's move on uh, to my next loser. Uh, I'm staying in LA for this one, so I've gone to Clippers. Uh, three losses three losses in a row. They were second in the West, uh, tied second last time we recorded. They're now down to fourth with the Nuggets overtaking them. Like we said earlier, they lost the Nuggets last night, who is their, their biggest rival in terms of seeding uh, at the moment because the Lakers aren't going to catch the Clippers, obviously, either. Uh, I think they lost as well to... I can't who they lost to now. I know they lost to 76ers twice. Uh, they lost to Raptors recently as well. Um and the Pelicans, that was the other team. So teams they shouldn't be losing to, to be honest. So I just think had a great season. Paul George been incredible. Uh, Kawhi incredible again. I think they've signed DeMarcus Cousins now for the rest of the year, which I, I think is a good signing for them roster-wise. Yeah, but they've just had a bit of a bad spell. Um, and I, I just think it's a bit different now that the Lakers are in sixth. But... Uh, I don't know if they would necessarily want to, to finish in fourth. I thought they would want to finish in third or, or play someone like the Blazers uh, or the Mavs because I still think there's a chance the Lakers could finish in fifth and I don't think the Clippers won a Lakers first round tie. So we'll see. It wouldn't shock me though that if the Lakers did end up finishing in sixth, then the Clippers actually started deliberately tanking games to make themselves finish fourth to play the Mavs instead of the Lakers because I think yeah. that's who they want to avoid is the Lakers in round one for sure. They're um, they've just been sort of quietly ticking along this season. I feel they're not really made headlines. They've just been they're second in offensive rating and tenth in defensive rating, which is really yeah. good. Um, then they have the second and third longest win streaks as well behind that Jazz huge one. So they've had some great times as well, but they just go under the radar a bit, don't they? Yeah, um, they've got again contending with injuries to Pat, Patrick Beverly and Serge Ibaka, which is going to they're again huge parts of that team, um, but in particular, I, I don't think they're too worried about that point guard position now. With Reggie Jackson's kind of taking on a point guard role when he needs to, and he, he's been playing really well. And they've got Rondo off the bench, who scored 19 points last night, I think. Um, so playoff Rondo's on the warm up, and I agree with you. The sign of Demarcus Cousins for the rest of the season is again a win-win, cheap contract, but a big body to stop. Those kind of centre positions, although he, he didn't really do a very good job on Jokic. But, um, no, he didn't. 
I think it'll come um, once he gets used to uh, filling in those minutes. Uh, he, uh, he's come out and said Ty Lue has been incredible at integrating him into the rotation and and just seems like a really, really good coach for the Clippers. So um, that was really nice to hear, actually. To be honest, it's not like anyone's done very well against Jokic this year, so I'm not going to blame DeMarcus for that yeah, after, yeah. Uh, after all the uh, multitude of injuries he's had. But... Yeah, I think they'll just want to kind of tick along nicely and see if they can finish. The problem is they could finish third and still play the Lakers, which is probably worst-case scenario, but I do think they'll just want to kind of get back on a winning streak as soon as they can, just tick things over. Because uh, they don't want to go into the playoffs feeling a negative way like they did after the end of last season when they yep. had a bit of a losing streak to finish. So I think that might kind of be in their minds. Uh, cool, let's go on to your next loser of the week. Um I kind of want to talk about both these losers back-to-back because um, they're in very similar positions. Go for Uh, it. So, my first one is the Toronto Raptors. (laughs) I know your second one then. (laughs) Yeah. As well. Um, I'll just talk... The the Raptors and the Bulls. They have both played themselves out of, in my opinion, any chance of getting into that playing tournament, which we've said all along, for the Raptors, this in particular, this is a huge upset, I think, um, because they've got an incredible coaching staff. We know this. They've got some talent on that team, but they've just not been able to string anything together this season. Uh, I, maybe it is them having to play away from home all year. Maybe it has affected them more than we think. Um, but I don't think it should, though, if that makes sense that much. Yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe it should have done the opposite. Like they, Maybe they should be closer-knit, that they're all kind of... All they've got to focus on is their basketball because they're living essentially all together and... Maybe that's done the opposite, and maybe it's not benefited them. Maybe it's sort of tore the team apart. So I, don't, I just don't know what's happened with them this season. Um, I, again, I feel like they're one of those teams that's really caught in the middle of a semi-rebuild, and yeah, they're, they're unsure themselves what it is they want to do exactly. Uh, they're, they're a really tricky team to call. The Bulls, I think, could have made the playing tournament, but. Zach Levine going down has absolutely ruined it for them. Uh, I think it was COVID protocols to start with. I don't know. Yeah, two weeks COVID protocol is. Yeah. So, and that has just absolutely blown them out of the water. Like, Vucevic has been playing well, but he can't carry a team, as we know, because he's been in Orlando. And even with Aaron Gordon, he's, you know, they've been making the eighth and then getting bounced in the first round. But the best player for me on this Bulls team is Daniel Tice. He's been incredible the past couple of games. What a pickup that has been from the Celtics for them. He's been so, so good. Um, so I, I do feel for them because I did really hope that they were going to be picking themselves up, new coaching staff, new front office. Um, especially after the trade deadline, I thought, wow, they've really shored up this roster, but Zach Levine going down has really hurt them. So the Bulls and the Raptors are both my losers because, in my opinion, 
they ain't making the playoffs. Nice. Uh, also, I mentioned in the Wizards piece that I believe that they're going to be tenth at worst. So I agree with you. I think the Bulls and Raptors are done. Uh, the Bulls were my team on the list because I kind of had a sneaky suspicion because how much you love Nick Nurse, so you might put Raptors on your list. So yeah. I put the put the Bulls on my list, and I actually think of the two. I know we had high expectation for the Raptors, but I actually think that the Bulls are almost in a worse position because um, they've traded away those picks. So the Magic have actually got their pick for this year. So it's very likely now we're going to be between like five and seven, five and eight. Uh, and I think it's top four protected. So if it finishes fifth, the Bulls don't even get their pick. And obviously they kind of mortgage the future to bring in Vucevic, kind of hoping they would do better. And I know we both listened to the No Dunks pod. Uh, and Trey, who's a Bulls fan there, was saying that the kind of consensus is that after the trade that they were their aim was to make the sixth spot so they didn't have to kind of be in the playing tournament. They were one and a half games back from sixth when the Vooch trade was made, and now they are three games back from tenth. <laughs> so, and I think that was that uh, eight games back from sixth they are since the Vooch trade, and it was one and a half or two and a half. So, absolute free fall. So, I know the Raptors overall, obviously, more winning organization. Um, arguably a higher paid kind of set of stars now, better coach potentially. But for me, the Bulls kind of just putting all the future on the line. I know it's not necessarily just for this year. It's a long-term play completely, but uh, it really hasn't worked out for this year. And I think that the, the Magic fans listening will be very, very happy with their, their Bulls pick for sure. It's just yeah. not been right. And I know a lot of it is Zach Levine, but they were still only like 500 in the five, six games before that where Vooch and Levine both played. Uh, I just think that Maybe rotations weren't quite set. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but obviously it wasn't good. It could just been a hard schedule, but I think overall it's not been the, the end of the season the Bulls won, and I agree with you, there's just no way now that they catch them because, yes, the Wizards lost last night, but I still think the Wizards will will kind of win more games than they lose maybe the rest of the season, or if not, kind of have that 500 record, and I cannot see the Bulls winning three, well, four more games than they, they lose for the rest of the season. I just The way they're playing at the moment, I think Zach Levine's not back yet either, so I don't think uh, it's going to end well for the Bulls for me. The Bulls are not back. The Bulls are not back, uh, which I quite enjoy, to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> of a contrarian, so when it was all pro Bulls, I quite enjoyed that. Uh, their schedule their, their, their schedule going forward is, is quite good, though. Uh, sorry, quite bad, though, as well. Um, 76ers next, which wow. is just not great. Uh, Hornets, which, yes, great. They'll want to try and win that. But then they've got the Celtics, another hard game. Mm-hmm. Then the Pistons, great, try and win that. Then they've got the Nets. So it's, li- so it's literally one easy game, one hard game. Then they've got Raptors, Nets, Bucks. So if they go into the last two games needing a win or two, they've got the Nets and the Bucks. Yes, they might be in a position where they're resting people, but I still would be confident in those teams to, to beat the Bulls nine out of ten times. So, yeah, I'm not confident. Um, and the Raptors are the same. I agree. I think the move seems like it's kind of hampered them. Um, whether that's because losing streaks actually hurt more because you can't get away with your family and you can't have a night off. You're in the same hotel with the same group of people or whatever. That is a potential. But I just think Pascal Siakam's took a massive step back as a player, which has not helped them at all. Uh, Lowry, obviously, trade rumours around him, whether that unsettled the team, but we won't know. Uh, the trade they pulled off with Powell has probably worked in their favour, but still overall not good enough uh, and I just think losing maybe Gasol and uh, Abaka in the summer really helped team chemistry and kind of defence because they've just been not as a good defensive team this year so yeah I agree with you both teams are going to sit there for me and they're probably going to stay exactly where they are in some order 11 and 12 I think 
Yeah, I think so. Siakam, for all his his talent, and I'm you know I call him Giannis Light, but he he's not your your guy you want as your superstar, especially currently. Maybe he can develop into that, but he's still not ready for it. He needs to be your your second or your third option, like he was behind uh, Kawhi and and Kyle Lowry. Um, so I don't I don't really know what they can do without trading him away for some picks and rebuilding or finding some cap space somewhere to sign from. But I don't think they've got any available, really, to sign someone that's going to make a difference. No, I think if they choose not to re-sign Lowry, then they do have the space. So it's just Lowry or someone else that basically is their decision. Uh, which we've said before, I don't know what they're going to do. I think that almost we've said, what, two or three times now they should have done the Lowry trade <laughs> because he could yeah. leave. Uh, and they could have got assets back and then they could have signed someone else in the summer to replace him, who's not going to be as good, potentially, but a younger option to help the roster in some way and have the extra picks or players that you get in the trade, whereas they decide to keep him. And if he walks for free, that they've lost out massively there. So, yeah, not good for, for the Raptors. Uh, let's move on there from losers. Move on to our best upcoming game segment that we like to finish with. Uh, ben, is 7-5 to me now. I had another win last time, which is good. Yes. Uh, the time before that, you went 4-0 on me, so that was a hell of a week for you. And then last week, I managed to steal the dub, so 7-5 to me. We've only got two weeks left, so 7-7 seven and seven is your best shot uh, uh, record. So you've got to go for that 500 record, then maybe we'll extend it into the playoffs if, if you do. Cool, I ran the random generator, and it's the first time all season it's given us a good game. <laughs> so yeah. it's given us Lakers versus Clippers, 3 a.m. on Friday evening. What are your thoughts and who's winning? Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, Obviously, again, LeBron, LeBron would have had another four days, wouldn't he, back since then? Yeah. For, for me, I think the Lakers roster is, is better than... I'm going to go Lakers. I think the defensive frailty against Biggs... Uh, for the Clippers is is going to hurt them with Gasol and AD and Morris and Drummond. Like in talking about it that way, this Lakers team is built to destroy the Clippers from the inside out. Um, and with LeBron back facilitating it all, uh, he he doesn't need to be that first scoring option. I think for this game, whereas. Uh, I think the Clippers are kind of built to stop people like your wings and, and your guards, which uh, the Lakers just don't need to worry too much about. Like I said, they can work inside out and and, and blow it apart. So give me them Lakers. Nice. Any time that I can pick against LeBron James when Ben has picked LeBron <laughs> James, I'm going to do so. Uh, just, just I spent probably 15 years of my life doing this, so I'm just going to carry on doing it. Uh, I am going to I'm going to go for the Clippers to win. Uh, PG and Kawhi to get get one over on the Lakers. Um, no real reason why I think it's going to be a close game, regardless who wins. I think it's going to be a, a, a kind of naught. It seems like a one to six point win for whoever wins it. And I'll just go against LeBron and AD, thinking, wondering how heavy their minutes are going to be. Um, I've watched the Lakers, obviously, with the Mavs playing them back-to-back a few times without uh, LeBron. And I think Andre Drummond looks terrible defensively. So I think they're going to put him in as many pick-and-rolls as humanly possible. Uh, and I think it'll be a high-scoring game. But I'll go with the Clippers. I think Paul George maybe get it done late. So give me them clips. Um, 
Cool. Well, my first game, kind of flipping the switch from Friday all the way back to today, is Bucks v Nets tonight, 8.30 English time. So really, really good in terms of tip-off time for us UK watchers. Uh, the game overall, I think KD's due to play, which is nice. Uh, Kyrie, obviously, as well, but Harden's still out. What are your thoughts on this one? Because for me, I think I'm going to go with a Nets win, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game again. Is Giannis out? I think he went down with an injury the other day. Let uh, me go- Google it. Let me Google it. What the report is. Because I know the Nets, they're also playing the Bucks on Tuesday as well. Um, so I don't... Yeah, this is this is really tough one to call. So he missed the last game and they've put him down as probable to play. So he's not guaranteed to play, but he's probable rather than doubtful. So that's more of a positive sign. I think I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Nets as well. Um, I just think they could potentially watch Giannis's minutes and maybe kind of, although they'd like that top spot, I don't think it's their main priority this season. Uh, And I think they will prefer to keep their stars playoff ready than bite and scrap for a win at this point in the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Nets. Cool. Double bubble on the Nets. Uh, what, is you, what is your first game for the week? Uh, Tuesday, we have got your Mavs versus the Miami Heat. Oh, it's a big one for the Heat. They need a win. Yeah. This is why I picked this one. I think it'd be a, a very entertaining fixture. Um, I think that obviously Mavs are trying to get a couple of wins to shore up where they're going to finish in, in their in their run and the Heat are trying to make sure they kind of pull themselves up into that sixth or fifth position to get out of that play-in tournament. So both teams going for wins, both teams playing fairly well at the moment. Uh, Miami 6-4, and four, two-game winning streak um, and the Mavericks 7-3. Three-game winning streak. It's funny how similar these two teams are. They both, before this game, they both desperately don't want to finish in seventh. They've both been on winning streaks. They've both won more games than they've lost in the last ten. And they both play tonight at 1am as well. So they've got a day day off in between the games. Um, my question for you before we make our picks is, is Chris that back? No, he won't play that game, I don't think. Okay. I put it as doubtful. Uh, on my injury report <laughs> in my brain. Uh, def- <laughs> definitely not probable. Um, I think they said he was going to miss the next... They said he was definitely going to miss the next two games, which was last night's game and tonight's game. But I don't know if it's worth taking the risk, you know? If they win tonight against the Kings uh, and they've won both in a row, for example, I think they maybe sit him out again, you know, rather than risk it. Yeah, sure. Um, so it kind of depends. Do you think they're going to beat the Kings? Because if they are, then maybe they wouldn't risk it. Whereas if they lose the Kings, they'll need to beat the Heat to to stay in sixth. So it depends what you think about the Kings game, I guess. It's in Miami, and I like this Miami roster in terms of people they've got size wise that they can throw at Luca. So I'm going to go Heat to take the win. Nice. Um, your old team when the problems there. Ben was a Heat fan once. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mavs, as always. Uh, yeah. But I think it'd be very close, to be honest. The only way it wouldn't be close is if the Heat come out and scorch Earth at the start, because that's what kills the Mavs. That's the the predicament they've got themselves in. They don't like being behind. Um, certain players become too aggressive. Certain players become too timid. Luca focuses on the refs a little bit too much, stuff like that. So that can happen if the Heat come out hot. But 
if it's quite an even game from the start, I think this will be very back and forth. But Luca's the best player on the floor. Uh, sorry to Dan from Miami Heat UK, but he is way better than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Luca. But I do think that uh, Porzingis won't play, which means it'll be very, very close. It'll take Luca scoring 30 points plus to win. Um, but I just think he, he's got a good chance of doing that. So I'll go with the Mavs. Um, cool. My last game, I'm picking between two. I'm going to go with the Nuggets versus the Knicks. Uh, this is Thursday, 2 a.m. So not the most uh, friendly of tip-off times for uh, for UK fans, especially for Knicks fans who are used to, to 12, 12.30. But a big game uh, nonetheless. I think the Knicks, well, both teams need a win um, in terms of record. I think, like we said before, the Nuggets just want to keep rolling, don't they? Rolling into the playoffs after a bit of a down week with Jamal Murray's injury. They want to just keep up beat. And the higher they finish in the standings, I think the better for them. Uh, so I think they'll want to win. And the Knicks, like we said before, they're fourth, which is absolutely perfect for them. But they don't want to slip down those rankings. So I think it'll be a big game for the Knicks as well. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the future MVP. I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, I think, to win. Uh, I think it'll be a lower scoring game than most Nuggets games because the Knicks are so good on defence. Uh, but I just think Jokic will be a bit too good, like he has been for, for most most teams this season. Yeah, I'm going to join you. I think the Nuggets is one of the only teams that has somebody that could potentially slow Randall down in Aaron Gordon. Fairly similar size and athleticism. Um, it's yeah. funny looking at it when you compare their season leaders. It's funny. It's, uh, points, Julius Randall, 24.1. And Nikola Jokic, 26.2. Rebounding leaders, Julius Randall, 10.4. <laughs> Nikola Jokic, 10.9. Assist leader, Julius Randall, 5.9. Nikola Jokic, 8.5 assists. Um, yeah. Everything, everything runs through these two guys, right, for both teams. Yeah. And for me, I don't know if the Knicks have got somebody that can counter Jokic as much as the Nuggets have somebody that can counter Randall. So I think this falls in the, the Nuggets' bowl, bowl court. Bowl court? <laughs> That's nice. a thing, sure. That's a thing. Uh, Flint, Michigan... Uh, Ball court. Ball court. Uh, cool. I, I do agree, like I said. So, yeah, good pick there. Uh, let's move on to the last game then. Your pick. What's your yeah. uh, second I, I was eyeing that Knicks Nuggets game. It does it, it does seem quite tasty, doesn't it? But I've gone with another Bucks game. Um, I've gone Bucks Wizards. Ah, nice. So, this comes off the back of playing the Nets in a back to back. So that, as in, they'll play the Nets, and then the next night they'll play the Wizards. Yeah. Giannis, after after an ankle sprain, might not even play. Yeah, I feel like maybe they could hold something back, especially if they lose the first game against the Nets. I feel like second game against the Nets, they might rest players and just take the loss, and then maybe go target this Wizards game. Um. And get the, I say easy, easier win there rather than busting themselves against the the Nets. Um, but it's just difficult to count those Wizards out. They're so scrappy and they're they're playing for something. So, um, really, really tricky. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks on this one. Nice. Yeah, this is a tough one just in terms of how the week lines up for sure. Uh, 
I think the Bucks are more likely to win. I think I'll go with the Bucks as well because we've already got a couple of games we're different on. I don't need to be a contrarian just to make this interesting. <laughs> so I will probably stick with the Bucks as well. Um, but I do think if they beat the Nets in that second game, they wouldn't shock me if they rested a player or two against the Wizards, which would then change it. But I'm going to yeah. go with I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think everyone knows I like the Nets and, and Kevin Durant. So I think the Bucks might be coming off a, a bad loss there. So I'll go uh, the Bucks to beat the Wizards. Nice, good picks. Very good. Some good games there as well. Uh, thanks to the randomizer for uh, not stitching us up with another. We've had a couple of Kings games and a couple of Hornets games. Yeah. And they weren't great, to be honest. Uh, I did have that Lakers Clippers game as one of my potentials, but luckily I had like a couple of games written down just in case we matched on any. But um, yeah, that, that was one of my highlighted games of this upcoming week. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be uh, going to be a fun week. Uh, two weeks today is the last regular season game, and I think the playing tournament starts two weeks tomorrow, seventeenth of May. So, absolutely flying through the games at the moment. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm on holiday actually, but we're still going to record because we're just so dedicated to the podcast. Uh, we're still going to get an episode out. Obviously, not sure uh, when it will be and stuff like that. But in the next week, we will still get another episode out. Uh, we've got a team special coming out as well in the next two weeks. And I think we'll probably take a break from the team specials uh, and the debate pod uh, during the playoffs. Ben might get another debate pod out before. We'll see how it goes. But once the playoffs starts, we're just going to go pure playoff basketball, I think, Ben, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to at that point. There's so many, there'll be so many interesting storylines and so many games being played that we uh, we want to cover them in as much detail as we can. So playoff committed. Yeah, and it's nice with our, our kind of format now where we focus on kind of good and bad quite often. Um, quite nice with the playoffs where we've got like two or three games a night and we just focus on every single kind of series because I think we'll touch on more teams per week than necessarily now for the first couple of weeks, which I think could be quite cool. Yeah. Wonderful. Cool. Well, go follow us, everyone, at, at underscore Harvard Hoops on Twitter. Um, we'll put a poll out for uh, the games we disagreed on, uh, see who, who thinks who's right. See what the fans think. Uh, DM us again, as always, with any suggestions of interviewers we, we want to get on or uh, any debate topics for Ben, either for before the playoffs or for after the playoffs. Uh, any off-season ideas, we, we're kind of always wanting to, to hear from you guys. So remember to, to go follow us. Uh, and Ben, I will speak to you next week. Enjoy your week. Uh, speak to you all soon. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>